Hello, and welcome back to well, MMA with the big fella. Uh, I haven't been so vocal, quite literally and figuratively, uh, on the podcast. I've been going through some uh, personal issues. My wife died last year. I've been trying to get all my shit sorted out and slipped a disc in my neck. I've been trying to get that recovered, doing loads of stuff. But, <clears throat> you know, I always want to do this, I want to make it fun do whatever, and I couldn't do that for a while, so, but now I'm back, I'm going to murk it, honestly, swear to God, and uh, before, you know, we go into the latest kind of stuff in MMA and what's happening, and my kind of shitty opinions on it, there's a few things I want to talk about that I didn't get to clear up at the time, first of all, the two things that I really want to talk about are the Khabib jump in the cage and John Jones saga that went on before he won the light heavyweight title back um first of all conor mcgregor khabib went exactly how we all thought it was going to go khabib won i wanted conor to win because i don't like the fake pretense that khabib puts out i know people will say the same about conor but at least you know it's fake this whole thing with khabib about being true and real gangster and all this and now he wants to have a boxing fight with floyd mayweather Get the fuck out of town, Khabib. Learn to, you know, stay humble and be humble. He also, after being fined by the Nevada State Athletic Commission for jumping over a cage to fight a teammate of someone you've just beaten, he said that that fine was unfair, even though Connor didn't jump any cage, he got attacked, you know, and defended himself. I mean, there's not much you can do there as a person. You someone's coming to hit you, you're going to hit him back. He got fined as well. I said, okay, sure, I'll take the six-month suspension. Thanks very much. Connor's free to fight in April. Khabib comes to his one, and uh, he then brings up that Nevada shouldn't have any moral high grounding because they allow prostitution, drinking, all sorts of fucking bullshit. Why'd you fight there, Khabib? Why'd you take the fight? Why... Did you go there to such a morally reprehensible place to fight? If you're that much of a devout Muslim, you wouldn't go there. You wouldn't fight there. You you would refuse flat out. Bullshit when you're getting paid for it. Alright? Stop talking all this crap now because you're upset about your actual fine of 500000 You deserve it. You're a fucking idiot. You jumped over a fence. You deserve more of a ban, in my opinion, as well. Because if that was any other fighter... They'd have had the book thrown at them, not you. Um, so now he's decided to have a nine-month suspension. He won't do a public service announcement because of this hypocrisy of Nevada State Athletic Commission. The guy's a fucking loon. Whether people want to think it or not, he's a fucking loon. McGregor's a fucking loon as well. They're both fucking loons. But to think that there's any moral upground on Khabib over Connor, I'm afraid you're wrong. He's just as shitty and cunty as Connor. He just goes about it in a different way. Also, I'm pretty sure his manager is the well-hated Ali Abdaliz, um, who many will know is corrupt as fuck, etc. Um, I don't want to get into that because that's not my area. But, yeah, I mean, if you want moral ground, you can't talk shit, in my opinion. You, you can't You can't pick and choose when Nevada is morally reprehensible. You can't pick and choose... When it's okay for Connor to say stuff and not... You know, it it's just bullshit in my eyes. But then, moving on swiftly to the 
John Jones fucking saga. I mean, that was just a shit show from the beginning, wasn't it? What a fucking shit show. I mean, don't get me wrong. I completely understand the John Jones talent. I understand that he is a fighter that can't really be imitated, can't be... He's just great. You get it? But he's always going to have that fucking cloud over him. Whether people think it or not, this whole thing of, oh, it's picograms, it was pulsing, it was this, that's why he tested positive, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense how you would test positive, then not be positive, negative, then be positive again. Okay, sure, pulsing effect, maybe you got a deep tissue massage, I don't know, and it came out, but it's bullshit. Also, again, with John Jones, I wouldn't believe a fucking word that man says. He, morally, he is an awful human being, <laughs> through and through. Um, we all like to sit there and think that this wild character of John is who he is and what he is. No, that's all fake as well. John will do He's a psychopath. He will do anything to be popular. Anything to have people follow him and do as he says. He's, he's a real psycho. Um, you know, this is a guy that talks openly about liking to party and fuck around while his fiance is at home with their three kids. You know, this is a guy that doesn't mind taking cocaine the night before a fight. This is a guy that, in my eyes, clearly took performance-enhancing drugs, whether or not he took Tyranobol knowingly. I don't give a shit. That guy has been cycling on and off for years. When you look at the way that his physique's changed, how he's cut weight, it's very, very obvious as to what that guy's been doing. And there was also a suggestion when they went for the... Uh, again, Nevada had a hearing for John Jones because obviously he was banned to fight and they had to move it all to... Uh, this was in December. They had to move it all to LA very quickly, within a week, because John wasn't allowed to fight there. So I went back for a hearing this week to see if he could fight there again. And one of the things that was mentioned was it's possible because it seems very highly unlikely that he would get pulsing effects from a year and a half. It's more than possible that he re-ingested Tyranobol in that time. Now, people want to sit here and say, well, he's innocent. You know, he, he didn't know any take it. It doesn't matter. He's a professional athlete. He should know what he's taking at all times. He should know what he's doing. Michael Bisping put it the best when he said, he has never taken case, never read a label, he's never done anything, and guess what? He's never tested dirty. Because he's a clean athlete, and he doesn't have to worry about those things. It doesn't make sense, really, you know, what's happened. It's one of them. But John Jones has been getting away with murder forever. For fucking ever. He, look, he's great. He beat Alexander Gustafsson in full-on beautiful fashion. It was magistry of martial arts to watch. And he didn't even look like he broke a sweat doing it, which is even more horrifying. But he's not a good person. And now his legs is tarnished. And we've got this whole situation with DC again now, where DC's the heavyweight champ. He was the champ champ. John Jones won the light heavyweight title again. Where where's this going to go? What are we going to see? Well, both are saying they don't want that fight again. Both are saying that it's been done, it's sorted. 
Cormier doesn't want it because he knows that John's a cheat, so he doesn't want it. John knows he can beat him, so he doesn't want it. Lardy fucking da. Difference is Cormier's going to retire soon, and he needs that payday before he retires. Yeah, he's got a good gig doing the um, doing the commentary and stuff, but he fucking he. Trust me, deep down he wants that fight again because, and the same with John Jones. Neither one of these guys' ego can take it. They, yeah. Yeah, they, they need to run it back one more time. And to be honest, I hope it's a heavyweight. They're both naturally massive guys. It would be their their good weight. They wouldn't have to cut. There'd be no issue. Then we'd really see who the best was. No one's cutting weight. No one's doing anything. We see who the best guy is. It's the best way of doing it, in my opinion. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, Cormier's already said that... He said yesterday that Steve Amiotis doesn't deserve the rematch with him. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think Stipe is the toughest challenge in the heavyweight division currently. Uh, when you look through the... He just beat Derek Lewis, Daniel Cormier. You don't want to run another fight with a guy like that again. Ngannou. Okay, Ngannou just fucking destroyed Curtis Blades. But it's Curtis Blades. Then there's Curtis Blades. He just lost to Francis Ngannou. Then there's Volkov. He just lost to Derek Lewis. That division is a shit show. Miocic is the only option at the moment that could test someone on the skill level of Daniel Cormier. There's the talk of the Brock Lesnar fight. I don't even want to get into that. Fuck Brock Lesnar. He's an idiot. And if you look at him at recent times, look at the pictures of him, he's actually looks deflated in his skin. It looks as though he has been destroyed by steroids and then he's been told to get off them because he's in the testing pool again and he hasn't cycled off properly. So he's probably got some bitch tits as well. However... Still not going to say it's his face because he would rape me, rape me, and rape me. Shouldn't say rape me over and over again, but, you know, he would. Um, anyway, a couple of things we need to talk about as well uh, in the news. Usman uh, and Baskin having a little to-do backstage. Asman's just there in his flip-flops and his slacks, just chilling out, not giving a fuck. And Usman seems to have turned into Colby Covington light. And started giving it the Barry McGuigan to anyone that comes past him. Biggin, if you're American, by the way, and don't understand that Cockney rhyme slang. Um, Again, Ben Ashton seems to be the only guy that's really talking real sense in the UFC at the moment. He he knows he knows as one for when he was younger. Did wrestling camps him and stuff, and he's he called him Marty. And was like, "You don't know me. You don't know me." And it's just. It's pathetic stuff, really. It's something's going on AT and T. Covington's doing it. They all seem to be latching onto this. Let's talk shit before the fight and pretend how fucking good we are. And it only makes you look like a complete wanker at the end of it. Um, yeah, it's it's just ridiculous the way this is going. Covington's now uh, threatening to sue the UFC as well. Um, fucking hilarious because he's not getting his title shot. It does sound like a a baby throwing his toys out the pram, but at the same time, I do get where he's coming from. That that whole situation was again a shit show. Um, he was promised the title shot numerous times, didn't get it because Usman's a better challenge, which I agree with with Dana. Usman is a, a harder challenge for Woodley, but you don't promise fighters, give him an interim belt, and then pull him out from it. It's not exactly good business ethics or. It just makes you look tit as well in front of the fans. Everyone picks up on this. Nowadays with social media stuff, everyone knows what's going on and it's it's hard to avoid the bad press that go along with this stuff. But it's a good job no one likes Covington because if they did, uh, people would be going fucking apeshit. Um, anyway, 
moving on to this weekend. It's the... Uh, well, let's talk about last weekend, actually. UFC Brazil, Fortaleza. Uh, a couple of things I want to mention. Marlon Moraes, for me now, is by far and away the number one contender in the bantamweight division. Um, I know TJ wants to run it back with uh, Henry Cejudo, but don't hold all that division anymore. You know... Get another flyweight title shot in with someone. Get another bantamweight title shot and do that. Run that fight back again another time. But don't hold that division anymore because Moraes looks clear in a way the biggest contender there is. Um, I mean, he absolutely destroyed Rafael Sunsao at the weekend, who he previously lost to in a split decision. Uh, and I knew that Moraes was going to win it back. Won some money on that. Thank you. Um... And yeah, overall, that you know that was a great event. I know I keep switching from subject to subject. Moraes, like I say, I can't say more than that. He's the number one contender in my eyes. They shouldn't hold that division anymore. TJ, if he wants to fight Cejudo, let it go for a while. Go back to it. You're both young enough to, to run that back another time. Um, I get that it's going to fuck with his legacy or whatever he thinks it's going to fuck with, but just, just hold off. People are more deserving. And to be honest, I think Moraes beats Dillashaw. The way that guy destroys people is horrifying to watch. Um, but then again, TJ's movement is fucking fantastic and his footwork, it's really tough. But I think either way, we've got a great fight. Great fight on our hands there. Um, yeah, and also, um, I'm trying to think who else was at that fucking... That fight. <laughs> Ah, fuck me. It was... uh... God, my brain has completely... Completely gone. Oh, Charles Oliveira. Yeah, we need to mention him. Another submission. Um, Absolutely fucking killed it. Jose Aldo as well, making his return and fucking destroying uh, Moicano. He normally has trouble with longer range of fighters, and this time he just... I don't know. He just it was it was Jose Aldo of old. He just gritted in, bit his mouthpiece went in there. Body shots were flying everywhere, and hard hooks, hard jab. It was just beautiful to watch. And Moicano, even though he had a few decent bits, of the, you know, starting off, he just couldn't last with a guy like that. And Jose Aldo, no matter what you say, is the number two featherweight on the planet. The only people he's ever lost to thirteen second knockouts. Conor McGregor. So we never really saw where those two were skill wise. Uh, and also two losses to Max Holloway, who is obviously the champion at the minute, and the evolution, the next step in MMA. Jose Aldo is still old school. Max Holloway's been training MMA since day one. He he's basically the sports embodiment at this age, um, and it's great. You know, it's great to see that. But Jose Aldo, I'd like to see him. In my eyes, I'd like to see him in his last fight. He's got two more fights on his contract since he's retiring. I want to see him do one more fight at featherweight. Uh, I'm not sure who, but then get him in there. Maybe with Brian Ortega, actually. Get him in with Brian Ortega. And then, if he wins that, put him back in with Max. If he can go out on a title shot, that's fucking great. He says he doesn't want to. He just wants to have his contract and be done. His legacy is set set and in place. I agree to a degree. Um, Yeah, I I think, yeah, it would be good to see that in the last year if he is really going to retire. Um... Now, David Taymor and Charles Oliveira put on a fucking great fight. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. Phenomenal. Oliveira got another um, submission. It was just a great fight. Lyman Good, again, constantly up and down that guy. 
lost to Damian Meyer. Damian Meyer just basically did what he did. Smothers people. Anyone who's below the top two or three in that division, he's winning. It's that simple. You can't stop what he's got for you. But the main thing to talk about from that is Johnny fucking Walker. And I'm not talking about the whiskey. I'm talking about the light heavyweight guy who is long, rangy, powerful. He knocked out Justin Ledette, who was a former heavyweight, with one spinning back fist in 15 seconds. I mean, he did some follow-up punches, but they were just, you know, mandatory for the referee to step in and stop it. Johnny Walker looks fucking dangerous. And if I have to call something right now, he looks like the guy that is going to be the toughest challenge for John Jones. At 26, at six foot six, the guy has got everything going for him going forward. He, you know, he's won a couple of decision fights, but mainly they're all TKOs. Well, there's only one decision, and that was uh, De Silva on the looking for a fight thing. He destroyed Khalil Roundtree, who fucking destroyed Gokensaki. It's just, this guy looks terrifying, and I hope they don't rush him. I hope they don't put him in there um, with someone too soon, but who knows in that division. It's so tightly wrong. Obviously, Anthony Smith's getting the next shot, which actually I fucking love. My Anthony Smith is the guy for me. He's, he's the dog in the fight. You know, it's not about... It's not about your skill set or if that guy's got heart for days. That guy can keep going no matter when he's gassed. His last fight, he was gassed a fuck and he still knocked him out. He, the guy has got something you can't teach and that is just pure hard work and determination. And I can't wait to see that fight with John Jones. I mean, I'm not under any illusion that he's going to win. Let's not get this twisted. John Jones is going to win. But, man, if Smith won, I would... Fucking wank off for days. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm not going to talk about much today. It, that was a great event last weekend. There was a lot of knockouts, a lot of finishes. It was a great fucking weekend. And a lot of the Brazilian cards in recent times have been, well, questionable and shite, to say the least. Uh, but what I will do is I'll talk about this coming weekend before I go. Two fights I want to talk about um, specifically. First of all, obviously, it's the main event. Robert Whittaker versus Kelvin Gastelum. These guys, both Ultimate Fighter veterans, both come through that system of... They were both at welterweight. Both have moved up to middleweight. They're a similar size. Both got great boxing. Both got great skills on the ground. It is just one of those fights that... It can either be a classic or it can be over in 10 seconds. You never fucking know what you're going to get. Or... It can be Anderson Silva versus Damian Meyer. It can be something that we never want to see again. Complete shit show. But with these two, with the heart, the skill, and everything they put in, and how Gaslam moves forward, particularly for the first two rounds, how Gaslam moves forward, it could be an absolute barn burner. And something... We could see one of the greatest... We could probably see the greatest middleweight fight ever because that division has never really had classics in styles of fights. It's... Always had great fin like you know Anderson Silva ran that division for fucking five six years. It's been a great division for that, but yeah, I me I can't wait to see that. I personally think Gaslam takes it. I think a lot of people are overlooking him because Robert Whittaker's gone ten rounds with Yoel Romero overall, which by the way he lost that last fight, but we won't go into that. Uh, and yeah, I mean. I think Gaston wins. His boxing's too fucking good. He's too powerful. 
Whitaker showed he does have some holes in his game in the last fight with Yoel Romero. And if he does get clipped right, it will hurt him and it will cause him damage. And I think two big fights like that as well take it out of you. Two hard-hitting, damaging fights like that. The injured knee, the you know, the elbow and shit he took. It's it's going to take its toll. And we'll have to see how it goes. Kelvin, however, looks like he's just fresh. All the time that guy looks fresh. Every single time he steps in, he looks fucking great. Um, and the other fight I want to talk about is the returning Anderson Silva. This is something I did not want to see. I mean, he's going up against Israel Alessani, who fucking destroyed Derek Brunson in his last fight. And Anderson Silva beat Derek Brunson in his last fight about two years ago. And unfortunately, he got a decision win there. Anderson Silva is not the same fighter that we saw. God, it must be six years ago now that he lost that title, I think. Um, he's not that guy anymore. He's not... Uh, it can't be six years ago. I'm talking shit, aren't I? It's got to be three, four... No, it was six fucking years ago. Jesus Christ. He lost the title five and a half years ago. And he has not looked the same at all. He doesn't look good. Um, Israel Adesanya, however, is basically... Again, the evolution of MMA. I was talking about Max Holloway earlier. Anderson Silva was the point, was the mark one. Adesanya is going to be the mark two. He doesn't finish in the same style. He doesn't destroy his opponents. But the way that he moves about, the way that he throws strikes, he's undefeated at the minute. He doesn't seem to get hurt too badly in MMA. He's been hurt in kickboxing before. That's a given. But I don't even think this fight is a... I don't even think there's a challenge involved, to be honest. I think... Silver just loses. I think it's a second round loss for him, but we'll see. You know, we'll have to wait and see. Um, and another guy that's fighting actually this weekend who I didn't—I completely forgot about. Lando Venata is on the third fight of the night. I mean, this guy has got all the skills in the world. He's got the personality, but he's on the third fight of the night because in his five appearances in the year—sorry, six appearances in the UFC—he's won one against uh, John McDessie, I believe. A great KO, McDessie, great skilled fighter, but not really elite. But yeah, it was good to watch. When he came in, when Vanessa came in against Tony Ferguson in his first fight on a week's notice, he nearly ended Ferguson, and everyone was thinking, "What the? Who the fuck is this guy? He is unreal." And then he's gone three losses and two draws with the one win in between. The guy's not living up to his talent. I know there's some bad decisions that have gone against him. Like he had two, sorry, there were two draws. Yeah, he, what's he supposed to do with two draws? You know, it, it's just saying that he's close enough to get there, but not the guy. I love Lando Venata. I love watching him fight. He just needs to get finishes in there. He needs to get himself up to that point where he can just fucking destroy people. Um, Anyway, enough on MMA, but the last thing that I want to talk about before I go, I've got a slip disc in my neck and it's been absolutely fucking with me for months. I did it in March last year. Um, it's been nearly a year. It's, it's shit. You get numbness down your arms, tingling, all these fucking problems, um, just constant pain. However, I've been using DDP yoga. Um, not a shameless plug. I just want people to know about it because my neck has got 80% better in three weeks. Three fucking weeks. I'm sore, I'm stiff, I'm doing whatever. I feel a lot more flexible though. But my neck feels so much better. And if anyone's having any fighters listening to this or anyone listening, you know, that does a lot of exercise and jiu-jitsu that destroys the neck, take up DDP yoga. Take up any yoga, actually. Just make yourself feel better and just relax and sink into shit. But anyway, I'm going to keep these podcasts short and sweet. 
I hope you like it. I hope you like the fun. If you've got any comments, just hit me up at MMA Big Fella on Twitter, and we'll just fucking talk shit, baby. Uh, I apologise for my rape comments earlier. Bit outrageous, but you know that's what Brock Lesnar would do to me if he had the chance. Anyway, goodbye everyone. Check me out on MMA Latest News, by the way. I'm putting up some articles there as much as I can. Um, Yeah, check them out there. Good site anyway. Ciao.